This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I've got a review of a long-awaited sequel, Jason Bourne. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. As always, San Diego Comic-Con was Nirvana for nerds. We got the highlights and all the trailers. Plus... We'll also tell you what's coming to home video this week. First, it's the news... From the couch... The DC Cinematic Universe unleashed a couple of trailers at Comic-Con in San Diego this year. Let's start with the big one. There is a stranger who comes to this village from the sea. He comes in the winter when people are hungry and brings fish. He comes on the king tide. That was last night. Talk. Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, is asking around a fishing village looking for a mysterious man who knows his way around the water. An Aquaman, if you will. What he does not realize, though, is he's talking to the man himself, played by Jason Momoa, a.k.a. Kyle Drogo from Game of Thrones. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors. This stranger others like him i'm building an alliance to defend us it's very important that i see this man so the batman is putting together a team of heroes in the first trailer for next year's justice league we know from batman versus superman he's already got wonder woman on board he said he'll fight with us more or less more more or more less Probably more or less. He said no. He said no. Aquaman will take some convincing. Maybe he'll have better luck with The Flash. Barry Allen. Bruce Wayne. You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair. Oh, in a dark world where everyone is dead serious all the time, The Flash seems to have a little spark. I'm putting together a team. People with special abilities. See, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah, I... I need friends. That's more like it. Someone funny in these movies. The trailer doesn't give much away. They're still making it, after all. And while Superman does not appear in the trailer, he is on the poster, so expect him back. The trailer also gives one line to Cyborg, whom I've never heard of, and probably why he only gets one line. The movie comes out November 2017. The jury is still out after the Superman-Batman debacle, but God help me, I'm getting excited for Batman again. I heard about you. Didn't think you were real. I'm real and it's useful. You can talk to fish. So that's next November 2017. A few months before that, there'll be something, and a wondrous new trailer arrived at Comic Con for that. You're a man. Yeah. I mean, does that look like one? 
That's Gal Gadot and Chris Pine meeting on the beach in the Wonder Woman trailer. Of course, we've already seen Gadot as Wonder Woman in Batman vs. Superman, and we just heard from her in the Justice League trailer. We're getting her origin story in this one. It's World War I, and Pine is a pilot or Navy guy or something. He washes up on the beach by where Wonder Woman and her race of Wonder Women live. I don't know the whole history, but you comic book nerds out there do, and if you don't, you'll find out in the movie. Anyway, she goes off with Pine into the real world, and he gets to know this mysterious woman. Have you never met a man before? I mean, what about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. Well, that's neat. The trailer doesn't have a lot of talking in it, but it has a lot of cool action scenes. Wonder Woman kicking butt, some of her tribe or whatever on horseback kicking butt, lots of butt kicking. And she spells out for Pine how it's going to be. I can't let you do this. What I do is not up to you. Wonder Woman also stars Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, David Thewlis, Lucy Davis, and Danny Houston. Godot was one of the few bright spots in Batman vs. Superman, and one of the best things in the Fast and Furious movies she was in, so Wonder Woman should be a winner. It comes out next June. It's Etta Candy. I'm Steve Travers' secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go and I do what he tells me to do. Oh, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, after you. I do. I like her. This next bit is maybe the thing that excited me the most from Comic-Con. Hidden amidst all the superhero stuff was something super intriguing about a movie called The Woods. What is that? The guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the Black Hills woods. I think that might be my sister. The first trailer for The Woods arrived a couple of months ago. There have been posters marketing it as The Woods. There was a hashtag, The Woods Are Watching. But at Comic-Con this weekend, there was a twist. Legend said there's been a curse on these woods. Do you believe in the stories about the Blair Witch? I'm sorry, what was that? Blair Witch? That's right, it's a sequel to the Blair Witch Project back from 1999. Remember that movie? I'm so scared. That was the film that kicked off the found footage craze which has dominated the horror genre for years. It cost 60000 to make and earned $140 million in North America alone. It triggered an immediate sequel, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, which arrived in 2000 and it was dreadful and it bombed. But now, years later, hiding in plain sight since Lionsgate first announced The Woods was coming, it's actually called, quite simply, Blair Witch, and it arrives in theaters September 16th. More news from the couch next as we continue our Comic-Con recap. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes, talking all things Comic-Con in this week's news from the couch. Here's some more. I'm going to beat the holy hell out of one of you. 
Making its debut in San Diego was the trailer for season seven of The Walking Dead, which starts with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's villainous Negan getting ready to smash one of our heroes with his barbed wire wrapped baseball bat that he calls Lucille. Season six, as you might recall, ended with Rick and friends having been captured and waiting for Negan to finish his game of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo before he put someone's lights out for good. But we didn't see who he picked. The season ended in a cliffhanger, causing an uproar amongst fans and critics alike, saying it was a cheap way to end the season. I didn't mind it so much. I like a good cliffhanger. Anyway, after the opening montage in the trailer, we see that Negan and his acolytes are very much now in control. Everything's his, or will be. There are rules. You earn what you take. Whatever he's done to you, there's always more. We should have made a deal with them when we could have. You should know. There is no door number four. This is the only way. Also remember that Carol and Morgan had broken off from the main group and bumped into people from a different camp. In this trailer, we meet the leader of that camp. I am King Ezekiel. Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> no idea who that guy is, but that roar you heard was from his pet sitting beside him. A tiger! A tiger! That's pretty cool. Season 7 of The Walking Dead debuts October 23rd on AMC. Meanwhile, the trailer for Season 2B that's right, 2B, the second half of Season 2 of Fear the Walking Dead also debuted. I'm never gonna see Nick again. You leave him alone, you head straight towards death. Fear the Walking Dead is the prequel spin-off. The characters live in a world where the zombie apocalypse has just begun, but unfortunately most of the characters are boring and I really don't care about any of them. Both trailers, by the way, com combined for 25 million views in their first four days. The first half of Fear the Walking Dead ended in the spring, and the second half debuts Sunday, October 21st. This is a test. We will outlast death. Not everything can be about death. I'm not like everybody else. Also at Comic-Con, everyone went ape over this trailer. It's a survey job. Just chopper them in and out. Be a joyride. No, it won't. See, one of the helicopters crashed on this mysterious island that a team of scientists and army guys are going to check out. Now, something knocked that helicopter out of the air, and Samuel L. Jackson, who is apparently in charge of transportation, wants to know what it was. You are going to tell me everything I don't know, or I'm going to blow your head off. The guy he's talking to is John Goodman, who suddenly seems to be working a lot again. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane earlier this year. And Goodman is a bit of a wild card in this one, too. He explains what's really happening. This planet doesn't belong to us. 
species owned this earth long before mankind. I spent 30 years trying to prove the truth. Monsters exist. And then the reveal, the monster in question, is King Kong. The movie is called Kong Skull Island, and aside from Sam Jackson and John Goodman, it also stars, probably even more heavily, Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. Loki from The Avengers, and newly minted Academy Award winner Brie Larson from Room. It's from the producers of last year's Godzilla. It's a tie-in. It looks a bit more realistic than Peter Jackson's King Kong, at least from the trailer. It also looks like present day. And let's pray to Kong. It's about an hour shorter than Jackson's movie. Kong Skull Island comes out next March. You don't go into someone's house unless you're picking a fight. What you're looking at is a monster from some bygone era. It's trying to show that man is dead. Strange things going on all over the city. The people behind this are not like you and me. There's a hidden society. It goes back centuries. On this weekend, when the new Harry Potter script book based on the stage play arrives, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, we would be remiss if we didn't mention another trailer debuting in San Diego for the Harry Potter spin-off movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yesterday, a wizard entered New York with a case. A case full of magical creatures. And unfortunately, some have escaped. It's the first movie in a new trilogy about Newt Scamander, the guy with the magical creatures that escape from his magical suitcase. The movie arrives November 18th. We're going to recapture my creatures before they get hurt. They're currently in alien terrain, surrounded by millions of the most vicious creatures on the planet. Humans. One more trailer to tell you about from Comic-Con. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Is that Moriarty? It's the first look at season four of the BBC's Sherlock, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Something's coming. Maybe it's Moriarty. Maybe it's not. Something's coming. It will first air on BBC in the new year, then PBS Masterpiece Theatre picks it up. No word exactly when, but look for it in early 2017. The roads we walk have demons beneath. And yours have been waiting for a very long time. That is the news from the couch, although there was so much cool stuff to come out of Comic-Con, we couldn't fit it all in here. We'll get to a few other items later in the show. Also, subscribe to our podcast. It's on iTunes and Google Play, so if you miss the show on the radio, you can catch up later. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Just very quickly here, Jeff Braun, quick thoughts, Justice League, Wonder Woman. Uh, I like Affleck as Batman, so I'm very excited for that part of it, but this is Batman versus Superman. Left such a sour taste in my mouth that uh, I, I, I'm afraid of getting burned again. Getting burned by love, Brett. <laughs> 
At least, at the, <laughs> yeah, very, you know I mean? at the very least, it looks fun. It does look fun, and I don't know, it, will more people being in it help? I mean, the Avengers did that so artfully, weaving in everybody, but, you know, so much of that Batman versus Superman is so ham-fisted that I'm nervous about that, too. All right, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, over the coming months. Up next, I'll tell you about Jason Bourne. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Everything doesn't mean you know everything. Tell me. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, and Matt Damon is back as Jason Bourne in Jason Bourne. It is the fourth movie starring Jason Bourne, although it's the fifth movie in the Bourne franchise. The Bourne movies, based on the popular books by Robert Ludlum. The Bourne Identity arrived in 2002, starring Matt Damon as a super spy with amnesia, who slowly starts to remember that he is, in fact, a lethal weapon. The Bourne Supremacy came out in 2004, then in 2007, the Bourne Ultimatum, and new this week, Jason Bourne. We've just been hacked. Could be worse than Snowden. Facial recognition got a hit. Jeez, it's Jason Bourne. Why would it come back now? Why is he back now? Because director Paul Greengrass is back, that's why. After the ultimatum, Greengrass said he wanted to pursue other things, and Matt Damon said he would only do it again if Greengrass came back. He directed The Supremacy and Ultimatum. In the meantime, Universal made a fourth Bourne movie, a spin-off called The Bourne Legacy, starring Jeremy Renner. It was an acceptable action movie, and Renner did an admirable job, but it just wasn't the same. Now the gang's back together. I volunteered because of a lie. This is Jason Bourne. I need to talk. 32 kills. People are safer because of what you did. You're never going to find any peace. Not till you admit to yourself who you really are. I love the original Bourne trilogy. Love, love, love those movies. So when I heard they were doing a new one, I got really excited. But then this week when the early reviews started rolling in and I saw that a lot of them were bad, I got sad. But I went into the theater this week, still with high hopes that I would not be among those giving a bad review. And while I can say that I didn't think it was a bad movie, I will say I was disappointed. Jason Bourne has a been-there-done-that feel to it. The first trilogy was about Jason Bourne fighting through his amnesia, trying to remember why he is a super spy, who made him that way, discovering this conspiracy and seeking revenge upon the government cronies behind it all. So I was hoping that in this new film they would go in a new direction, but instead Jason Bourne just learns even more about his past and has to seek revenge on more government cronies they clearly couldn't come up with a title here, just calling it Jason Bourne, but I think the obvious one is the Bourne Redundancy. Again, it's not a bad movie. It felt like seeing an old friend for the first time in a long time. You know how it's just comfortable to just sort of slide into conversation with an old friend like nothing, no time has passed. All the familiar Bourne elements were there. The in-your-face 
handheld camera work that Greengrass movies are known for that just submerge you right into the action. There's one scene in Athens, for example, where there's this huge protest that turns into a riot, and it is total chaos. It was a really impressive extended scene, which then turned into an impressive motorcycle-slash-car chase, which the Bourne movies are known for. There are fights where Bourne uses impromptu props, like, for example, in that one fight, I think it was in the Bourne Ultimatum, where he beats a guy up with a rolled-up magazine. There's another car chase later in Las Vegas, which is completely insane. Just the pandemonium in that scene was a huge, huge thrill. The action overall is great, although maybe not as much action as some Bourne movies in the past, but the action that is there is just tremendous. But the actors simply were not given enough to do in this movie. I mean, you look at the supporting cast, it includes the great Tommy Lee Jones, as well as Alicia Vikander, heralded for her work in Ex Machina and The Danish Girl, for which she won an Oscar. However, in this, she's just a monotone drone. She plays a CIA cyber ops specialist. Tommy Lee Jones is the CIA director. There's also a subplot that I suppose could be a comment on modern day society about the government invading our privacy through what we do on the internet, you know, Big Brother watching and all that stuff. But it just kind of ended up being a, a distraction more than anything. I guess the best way I can sum up this film is that it just sort of felt like everyone was going through the motions. Which is too bad because, like I said, I love these board movies. Unfortunately, though, I didn't love this one. I just liked it. Still a thrill on the big screen because, like I said, the action was really cool. But it just wasn't as good as the other ones. Three couch cushions out of five for Jason Bourne. Hmm, so it's the Bourne redundancy for you, and now for me it's the Bourne conundrum. Oh. Whether or not I should go see it. Because <laughs> I wanted to see it, but uh, I, but now you got me lukewarm on it. But, but the big screen is still going to be better than at home, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, the, like the action is, is really thrilling, and I don't want to make it sound like I hated this movie. I didn't hate it. I still was really, you know, on the edge of my seat with a lot of it. It's but a good it, movie. you just seen it three times before. Yeah, I, I didn't leave thinking, wow! I just kind of left thinking, well, okay. I, mm. You know, I was, I enjoyed that for a couple of hours. I was entertained. Are you not entertained? I was entertained, but <laughs> beyond that, it, it wasn't a, a classic. Certainly, right. certainly doesn't hold up to the other Bourne movies. Unnecessary sequel. They did leave the door open, though, of course, oh for another sequel, so don't be surprised if we see another Bourne movie. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Brown, we are The Couch Potatoes. Time now to have a look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week on Tuesday, August 2nd, and we start with this. This is a crazy drug dealer named Cheddar. So? So what, 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 what's so scary about Cheddar? Cheddar is a psychopath name. You only name yourself something adorable if you can back it up. I don't think that's a thing. That's a thing. If you meet a guy named Fluffy Pink Bunny Head, he will stab you in the eye. What is that? That's Keanu, uh, a comedy I saw earlier this year starring Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, also known as together as Key and Peele. It was their first movie uh, called Keanu. I gave it three and a half out of five. It's them two looking for Peele's lost cat. Except the cat ends up in the hands of a crazy drug dealer. So they have to pretend they're like uh, street banger guys and pretend to be tough when they are really, really not tough at all. And it's really funny. So if you're looking for a good, very, very R-rated laugh, check out Keanu. 
Okay, and there's something Hilarious. else related to those guys coming out here, right? Key and Peele, the complete series, their sketch show, it was on for, I believe, six seasons, and uh, you can get the whole schmear for your at-home perusal uh, as of this Tuesday. Okay, also elsewhere on this list, coming on Tuesday, the Batman the Killing Joke. That's the animated one from the Alan Moore classic uh, graphic novel, and it's it's been pretty controversial leading up to it, because there's something that happens in the graphic novel, I won't give it away, but they did it in this animated version as well, and it just has uh, social mores of the past and the present have not uh, been kind to what part of the story in there, and apparently it's just as bad. Yeah, the, so, yeah, this dates back to 1988. I didn't realize that this particular graphic novel is that old, but they finally did an animated film adaptation. They actually showed it in theaters. Oh, really? On uh, just this past week, on the 25th, just one day only. And uh, just looking at Rotten Tomatoes, its reviews were at I think 48 or 50 oh. percent. So I, a lot of the criticisms I think were that it was almost too violent and unsettling. Yeah, yeah. To watch, maybe the story is even a little dated, but there you go. But uh, some some of the reviews say if you're a Batman fan, you must see this. I haven't re- read the the graphic novel, so I think I'm, I've read it. I barely remember it. It's also it's the story about how the Joker becomes the Joker. Okay, and that's also the Batman, the first one with Michael Keaton. Yeah, they took elements from this in their Joker story for that. Oh well, there you go. I feel like I should elements, probably... not entirely, but elements. Yeah, I feel like I should probably read that. Uh, also coming to Blu-ray and DVD this week: The Blacklist, the complete third season, and Blind Spot, the complete first season. So a couple of NBC sort of kooky crime dramas. The Blacklist is the one that stars James Spader, which I am. I'm, I'm starting to lose interest in that show, but it's hard because James Spader, I think, is one of the most enigmatic actors on the planet. So, you know, he could. Do a show with him reading the phone book and I would probably watch it. Blind Spot was that show about the naked lady who comes out of a bag in Times Square and your your body is covered in tattoos. I started watching it. I think I watched the first half of the season and then I just realized I didn't care about it so I dropped it. You dropped it. Also season two of The Nick. That's a Showtime show starring Clive Owen as a doctor. The hospital's called The Nick and it takes place in New York in the early 1900s. I watched one episode of it and I almost threw up because (laughs) they were not shy about early 19th century surgery and it is not fun to watch (laughs) at all. Uh, A couple of other movies as well. Colin Farrell stars in The Lobster. It's a little movie that's been getting just fantastic reviews. It's one of these, you know, realistic but entirely fantastical movies where he goes to, it's, it's set some decades ago, I believe. He goes to a place where they say they'll match you up with your perfect mate. And you have to find your perfect mate in the weekend or else you turn into an animal of your choosing. And he writes in a lobster at the beginning. And if he doesn't find his perfect mate by the end of whatever time frame it is, he'll turn into a lobster. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, well, normally we would make fun of this movie till the day comes home, but it's Gary Marshall's last directorial effort before he passed away. Uh, The movie Mother's Day, that came out on Mother's Day, and it's along the lines of, he did the movies New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, these massive casts with ten different stories all taking place on the one day. So there's Mother's Day, the the last gas from Gary Marshall, as it turned out. And uh, finally here, there's something from 1978, a Blu-ray collector's edition of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So that's pretty cool. Up next we got a couple of more bits and bites from Comic-Con we want to tell you about. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. 
Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun. We are the Couch Potatoes. And in case you're just tuning in and missed the news from the couch, we were talking all things Comic-Con, the annual pop culture volcano out of San Diego, where all the big movie companies and TV companies roll out a whole bunch of trailers to tout their upcoming projects. And we there was so much stuff to talk about, we couldn't fit it all in into our news from the couch. So I got a couple of other items that I got excited about. We talked about season four of Sherlock starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Here's another one to come out of Comic-Con starring the Cumberbatch. Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. It's another movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange, about the man who will become the master of the mystic arts. It arrives November 4th. I've spent so many years appearing through time. Looking for you. There's also a trailer from a new Guy Ritchie movie. Behold! The man who pulled sword from stone! It's the first trailer from Guy Ritchie's King Arthur Legend of the Sword, starring Charlie Hunnam of Sons of Anarchy fame in the title role. The movie also stars Jude Law, Eric Banner, or Eric Banna. <laughs> I was thinking Bruce Banner, because he was the first Hulk. Uh, Eric Banna, Jaiman Hansu, as well as Littlefinger and Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones. It debuts in theaters March 24th, 2017. So what happens now? You know what happens now. You're quickly becoming a legend. Finally, the trailer for the second half of season four of the History Channel series, Vikings. My father has returned. Perhaps he should not have come back. Your father's return brings calamity. Chaos. Tragedy and death. I am not afraid. You should curse the day. The first half, which started sort of in the winter, I think in February, and ended in the spring, ended with King Ragnar Lothbrok returning to his home village after having snapped and disappearing for years. His sons are all grown up. One of them is destined for glorious and terrible things. Also in the second half of the season, this is kind of neat, Toronto Blue Jays slugger Josh Donaldson will be a guest star because he's a fan of the show and kind of just naturally looks like one of the Vikings on the show. So they recruited him. Vikings returns this fall. I promise you, my son, that one day the whole world will know and fear Ivar the Boneless. And in our final minute, I got something I want to brag about. The winner of Survivor, Michelle. That was Jeff Probst announcing Michelle Fitzgerald is the winner of this past spring season of Survivor. And a few days ago, I had an interesting Twitter conversation with her, a brush with fame. 
She tweeted that she was looking for ideas for a title for a travel blog she wants to start. I tweeted back my title idea, Michelle fits in anywhere, but Fitz is spelled with a Z because her last name is Fitzgerald. Amazing pun work on my part. I figured that'd be the end of it. I'd never get a response. It was pretty stupid. And, uh, you know, she was inundated with suggestions. But a little while later, she tweets, I am obsessed with this title. Pretty sure it may be the winner. So I was excited about that. Acknowledgement from a Survivor champ. I've met a couple over the years, uh, Rupert and Johnny Fairplay, but I was very excited about this. So I tweeted back, Hey, change everywhere instead of anywhere. Michelle fits in everywhere. Sounds better. And she replied, Funny, I was thinking of adjusting to that, actually. And about to buy the domain, smiley face. So she's going with my title. The blog's not up yet, but it'll be a proud, nerdy moment for me when it is. That's awesome, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Jeff Braun can claim that fame. Bravo, sir. That's all the time we have this week on The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.